0: Just for a minute I'd like you to just close your eyes as I read God's word to you. I want you to close your eyes so that you're not distracted but you can just drink in what God's word says to us because this is probably the most important part of the whole service is what God is saying from his word. And this is what God would say to us. To whom Will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. (coughs) Who created these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and almighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disgraced by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Father, we want to thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you, Lord, just for that glimpse of reminding us of who you are. You're a God that we can have complete and utter trust in. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us again just to renew that faith that we have this morning. And so, Lord, we again just claim that promise that you'll be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. If Jesus walked through that door this morning and he came and he sat down beside you what do you think that he would say remember he's the one that sits at the right hand of God he's the one that could see he can see into the deep parts of our lives what would he, do you think that Jesus would say to you if he came and he sat down beside you I want to suggest this, that he would come and he would sit down and he would simply say this, how are you doing? How are you doing this morning? Because he's interested in you and because he cares. I believe that's the question that he would say, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? How are you doing? And that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning. It has been said that the way through the world is more difficult to find than the way beyond it. That there are few things more crucial to us than our own life, and there are few things we are less clear about. But we find it difficult sometimes in this path that we're going through in the world. And when we look at ourselves, and they are probably the most important things to us, we sometimes become less and less clear of who we are and where we're going. Our Christian life has been talked about in many ways and people say the Christian life is like going on a journey I don't know if you've ever uh, watched the film The Wizard of Oz and you know the yellow brick road and there they start Dorothy and her dog and there's the tin man and the straw man and the lion man and they're all looking for answers and they know where the answer is found it's found in the eternal city And so they begin the journey. And if you ever watched the film, it's with great joy, great gusto. The trumpets are blown and off they go along the yellow brick road. And the sun is shining, the sky is blue and everything is great. And then they come to the forest. And then they come to the difficult place. And things in the film begin to change. And sometimes our Christian lives are like that. That we start off with great gusto, great enthusiasm, and we should. But when we come to the difficult place, we begin to question who we are and who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is good also. But it's important for us to come out the right and proper way. Pippa Ferez is a man that wants to go deep. He wants to go deeper than any other person has ever gone in this world. You and I are quite content to swim in maybe one or two meters of water. And maybe when we feel adventurous, we might even go deeper. But not this man Pippin. This legendary Cuban driver, diver has descended to 531 feet of ocean water. Armed only with this. One pair of flippers, one wetsuit, deep resolve, and one enormous breath of air. His route trip, I'm told, lasts for 3 minutes and 12 seconds. And to prepare for such a dive, I'm told that he loads his lungs with 8.2 litres of air. That's nearly twice the capacity that you and I do when we breathe in. Before he goes, he goes through a series of exercises. And then he wraps his legs around a, a crossbar and he's lowered into the ocean for the dive until quite recently no free diver has gone further than this man and to this day Pippin wants to go deeper the mystery of the deep calls him he wants to go deeper and I want to suggest to you that that's God's desire for me And for you this morning. He wants us to go deeper. Deeper into him. Deeper into this amazing love that he has for us. He wants us to go deeper. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7 and we're going to read this passage together and as we do I'd like you to keep one question in mind and the question is this what would it mean for me to go deeper into God and all that he has for me what would it mean for me on this journey that I'm on called the Christian life John chapter 7, and we'll begin to read from verse 37. And this is what God's word says. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of living water will flow from him. By this he meant that the Spirit, who those who believe in him were later to receive, up until that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. We will pray that God will bless that reading to us. I'm sure you're all acquainted with thirst. In fact, I have a wee bit of a thirst just now, so I'll just... Mm. Ah, take a drink there's nothing like a drink of water we're all acquainted with thirst we all know the value of after working hard or been for a walk or it's just hot of going to the tap, turning it on making it nice and cool and then just drinking that cool glass of water there's nothing more refreshing For our thirst. Let me tell you something about your bodies that I'm sure you know already. But according to some estimates, our bodies are made up of 80% of fluids. That means a person my size each day lugs around 150 to 180 pounds of water. ...apart from the few brains that I have... ...and the bones and organs that I have... ...I have a few brains, thank you... (laughs) ...that I have... ...you're looking this morning... ...at a walking water balloon... ...but I need to be... ...and so do you... ...you stop drinking... ...and see what happens... If ...you stop drinking long enough... All coherent thoughts vanish. Your skin becomes clammy. And if you stop drinking long enough, your vital organs, and this is a fact, will begin to wrinkle. My eyes, which are not perfect, they need fluid so that I can blink, so that I can see, so that I can cry. My mouth needs fluid. It needs moisture so that I can eat, so that I can chew, so that I can swallow my food. The glands that I have in my body need fluid to help them to work properly, to keep my body cool and calm and collective. My joints need fluids to lubricate them, to keep them moving. Our bodies need water. Just like my car out there, the tires need air in them if it's to function properly. So I want to suggest to you that without a doubt, our creator, the good Lord, made us to have people who know what it is to be thirsty. Because thirst is very important. If I'm thirsty, it's an indication, it's a warning sign, a warning sign that I'm running low on my liquids. As I say, if I let flus in my body, um, and if I don't have flus in my body, sorry, my mouth will begin to dry up. My tongue will just become a little bit bigger in my mouth in Afghanistan we were very conscious of this and one of the warning signs that we were low on fluids is our heads just ached because of where we were and our bones felt very weak indeed warning signs body telling me hey Robert Young you need water now I want us to take a step further this morning and ask what happens If you and I deprive our inner being, our inner soul, our spiritual life, what happens if we deprive our spiritual life of spiritual living water? We have a dehydrated heart. We have worries that we've never had before. We seem to be smitten more with guilts and fears all warning signs all telling us something you think god wants me and you to live in a a world where everything is hopeless where we don't sleep at night where we feel lonely where resentment come where we're irritable where we feel insecure god doesn't want us to live in these situations they're all warning signs for us our loving God has put them there to warn us that we are running low on something that inside that there is a dryness (coughs) and that dryness can only be taken away when we have a good cool drink Of the Lord Himself. The warning signs are there. God is urging us today from the Scriptures, from your very being. He wants us to go deeper into Himself, to be satisfied. You know, I've spoken to many people over the years in my ministry. And many of them see these warning signs as kind of speed bumps. They keep saying to me, I don't know how many times someone said to me, yeah, Robert, they're there, because I have to slow down. I have to take things easy. And they stop there, and they never ask the next obvious question. Okay, then slow down. To do what? And I believe that God is saying that we need to slow down sometimes to drink of him when was the last time that you had a good drink of the Lord himself that great psalm the 23rd psalm the Lord is my shepherd what does he do with his sheep he takes them to green pastures and beside the still waters that cool refreshing water and God wants us to be the same to go And to have a good drink of him. But when these things happen, and it's common, we all have the excuses. Well, you know, I have these things, I worry, I'm concerned. That's just part and parcel of life. You can't get by without them. Hey, I have these things because they're genetically built into me. My mother and dad was like this and I'm going to be like that. Why am I bad temper? Everybody has an off day, don't they? Aren't these just inevitable in living life? And I would want to say to you, absolutely not. They are there, I believe, because God has put them there as a warning sign someone has said this and I like the quote view the pains in your heart not as struggles to endure as many people think but as inner thirsts to be quenched isn't that a lovely way to look at it not as pains to oh I have to endure it this is part and parcel of life rather than saying right I need to go to God and really get this thirst quenched. Recognize that there's something not right, and I'm beginning to shrivel up inside. And that's why I asked the question what would Jesus say to you? And he would say to you, how you doing? And then because he can look inside, I'm sure he would say, hey, isn't it time that you had a nice drink? from me treat yourself when I'm thirsty I treat myself to a good glass of water nothing else satisfies my thirst I love coke I love everything like that but it doesn't really satisfy my thirst the only thing that satisfies it is a cool drink of water and God is challenging us this morning from his word To remind ourselves that maybe, just maybe, it's time to go and have a cool drink of refreshing water from him. So where do we go? And how do we find this water for our souls? The day that our reading took place would be in October. And as you know, the place was Jerusalem. The people at that time packed the streets. They were there. They, the people, the Jews, went up to Jerusalem three times a year. And this one, they were there to reenact the rock-giving water miracle of Moses. Do you remember when he struck the rock in the desert and the water just gushed out? They even went as far as to live in tents. And just to reenact that living in the desert where the water was poured out. Each morning, the priests would go and fill a golden pitcher just outside Jerusalem. And he would return to the temple, and the streets would be packed with people, and as he approached the temple there would be a trumpet that would sound his coming, and the priest would circle the altar and pour out the water. For seven days he did this. And then on the seventh day, and that's the, the scripture says the great day is called, the priest would give a an enormous shout and then he would circle the altar seven times this time, each time pouring water on the altar. The place was just a gush with water. And the scholar said... That it could be at this moment that Jesus, this rustic rabbi from the north, commanded their attention. Listen to what the scripture says. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, If anyone will let him come to me and drink, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water come to me and drink and he shouted it out and again we have to try and imagine what's happening here could you imagine these well dressed finely thought priests people all looking around at what's happening at the altar and then this man This man that they knew. This man that they've been talking about if you read the beginning of the chapter. This man that maybe they've heard him preach. This man that maybe they've witnessed a miracle. This man who two years ago burst onto the scene and into their life. This man that they thought that they knew. Stood up. And they have never seen him so intense as this time. Not a normal way for a rabbi to preach. But Jesus shouted. He wanted to grab their attention. This was so important for them to hear. Remember the blind man who shouted to Jesus when he was passing by. Jesus, make me see again. Remember Peter when he was sinking in the, in the sea? He cried to Jesus to help. Remember the demon-possessed man who shouted for mercy? Well, John uses here the same verb to portray the volume and the intensity of what Jesus was saying. He wants us to hear. And sometimes he has to shout. And he shouted this time. It wasn't a, (coughs) excuse me. This was a shout that demanded people's attention. Because he knew that his time was short. He knew that in a few months time he would be back in these same streets. But he'd be carrying a cross, dragging it to his crucifixion. But he knew also that the people needed water. Not to quench their physical thirst, but to quench that dryness that they had within. And only you can answer the question that the scripture is challenging us with this morning. You see, what H2O can do for our bodies, Jesus can do. For that inner part of us, that spiritual part of us, lubricate it, aquify it, soften what maybe has grown hard and tired. And it's true, in the Christian life, we sometimes just get a little bit tired and weary. We sometimes just want to, to cop out, or sometimes our hearts grow hard we're fed up with doing the loving all the time and our hearts grow hard and here is Jesus and he's saying if you're at that place come to me come to me and have a good drink of what I can give now if I was big enough and stupid enough And I grabbed Graham and I threw him against that wall, he would just bounce off. But if I took a glass of water and threw it at that wall, what would happen? Well, some of it would splash back. But most of it would spread over the wall because liquid has this wonderful way of conforming and spreading the molecular makeup of, of water grants water great flexibility. It can separate, it can seek, it can go into all the cracks and crannies. Water goes where we can't. And here's a miracle. That's what Jesus does. He can go where we can't. That Jesus goes straight to the part where he knows that we need to be touched. Jesus, if we ask him, goes straight to the part where he knows that we need to have a good drink. That's why I asked the question that Jesus was asked. How are you doing? And when Jesus looks at you, he'll tell the truth. Oh Jesus, I'm really... Not so good inside. Feeling a little bit dry in this area of my life. And Jesus will come. He promised he'll come. Like water, Jesus will come. But here's the thing that we have to do that many of us forget. Jesus will only come when we invite him to come. I can stand in a river full of refreshing, cool, life-giving water and I can die of thirst. Why? Because I have to take the water up and actually drink it. It's no good to me if I don't use it. The water has no value at all unless I take it in to myself. And that's what Jesus is waiting for. Waiting for you and I to ask him to do the work that he has promised to do. You see, we're all thirsty inside. We all know that we need a good drink. But everything that we drink always isn't good for us. In Afghanistan when it got really hot it would get up away into the 40s we had a tap in the kitchen when you turned it on put your hand in the water it was lovely and cool but we didn't drink it if we drink it it could be our death because the water just was not good for us and there's so much out there that looks so appetizing and yet it's not good for us I was reading quite recently a report on the way that people seek to satisfy that inner being that they have. And you know that the top, success. Just let me get to the top. Just let me be a success and I will be satisfied. And sadly when people get there, it's not all that it's made out to. In fact, it's not satisfying at all. Our young people... They think that going out and using drugs and all the things that they do is satisfying and probably for a moment it is. But in the end they find it's empty. Many people look to religion. Who was Jesus talking to on these occasions? Jesus wasn't talking to prostitutes and and wide-bibbers at this time occasion he was talking to the religious people of his day this was their day this was their highlight in the calendar you could almost expect if you excuse the, the saying you could almost expect at this occasion the pope to turn up it was that big but religion will never ever satisfy jesus says come to me and drink that will satisfy and the word that he uses before I come to an end it's not a one off you just don't go to Jesus and drink once it's a continuous thing that you go and drink and drink and drink and be satisfied time and time and time again And I'm sure many preachers have challenged you on this. When was the last time you went to the well of Jesus and had a good drink? And sadly for us Christians, it's sometimes the last place that we seem to want to go. But here's the thing. If you go, the promise is there. Out of you will flow streams of living water. It will just gush. If you take it in, it will come out. If you don't take it in, nothing will come out. And that, I believe, is God's word for us this morning. And we're going to come to the communion in a minute. And the communion reminds us (coughs) that we can have a face-to-face meeting with the Lord himself that we can ponder what he's done for us and that we can begin to take him into ourselves to be satisfied to be filled with him I had walked life's path with an easy tread had followed where comfort and pleasure led and then by chance In a quiet place, I met my master face to face. With station and rank and wealth for goal, much thought for the body but none for the soul, I had entered to win life's mad race. When I met my master face to face, I had built my castles reared them high till their tower had pierced the blue of the sky I had sworn to rule with an iron mace when I met my master face to face I met him and knew him and blushed to see that his eyes full of sorrow were fixed on me and I faltered and fell at his feet that day while my castles vanished. And melted away, melted and vanished, and in their place, I saw not else but the Master's face, and I cried aloud, O make me meet, to follow the marks of thy wounded feet, my thought is now for the souls of men, I have lost my life to find it again, ever since alone in that holy place. My Master and I stood face to face. And that's what the communion does. We meet the Saviour face to face. And we have this possibility then to have a good drink of him. So that we'll go and change that world out there because our hearts will overflow that's the promise I'm not saying it that's what Jesus says and I believe it and that's the great and exciting thing about the gospel so how are you doing? are you doing okay? or maybe just maybe you need a drink we'll come to the table in a few minutes and drink well of Jesus himself.